0: Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Hello everybody. I hope you enjoy this Q&A from one of our legacy group meetings last fall on the topic of building your home. And just a quick reminder that you can sign up for the upcoming legacy groups on our website cckchurch.com. Just find the legacy tab and there's a link to sign up there. They start on Tuesday, February 28th, so please sign up by Friday, the 17th, for those. And you can also sign up there for our next Makers Workshop, which will focus on interior design. That workshop is Saturday, March 4th, so sign up for that by February 20th. Lillian Prince will be leading that workshop with several other ladies from our church, and Lillian um, is one of the ladies you'll hear on the Q&A. It did get cut off right at the beginning, so you don't hear Janice Pierce give her name, but she She's the first one that it speaks. Enjoy.
1: So I'm in the season of pretty far past empty nest. Uh, my kids have been married 17 years. My one of them's been married 17 years. So I've had an empty nest, you know, for a pretty good while. Um, long enough to where I've had it refilled at times with aging parents. So I think there there used to be a time where people call that the sandwich. You're sandwiched between young and old, and that that's happened to me with both my parents, who are now deceased, and then now my in-laws are at that phase, so we're getting ready to go back into that. So, But in the meantime, I've had those six grandkids, and it's a lot of fun. But um, so you said to talk about my season now and how I work, work out, see the Lord in my home and how he comes first in that. And I think it's going to be the same answer for all of us in that first thing, it's your personal walk. It's your own, taking care of your own spiritual fit, physical fitness there, uh, spending time with the Lord, having him as your priority. And then, um, it trickles down from that in the way that you would want it to as a believer. Also, um, she used the word setting the tone. I think you set the tone of a seeking wife, homemaker, if you're spending that time with the Lord. Um, and then my husband says that I have the Ministry of Availability now. And if you have that, it, your home becomes an extension of that in that I do have more flexible time schedule I haven't ever worked outside the home. I've always been at home um, in those 42 years outside of little seasonal part-time jobs. So um, I have quite a bit of flexibility right now with my schedule and uh, the Lord has seen fit to feel that quite frequently. Um, One way that it's trickled down into the home is that we have our home kind of geared where we, it's very child-friendly. Uh, again there was a short period where it may not have been but now it is again like I have within our great room there's a place with a table and toys there for the kids to be a part of where the adults are we don't you know they're not going off somewhere else there is a room that's got toys in it too but they know they're welcome right there in the midst of all of us and we were talking at the table they know they can spill things that Mimi's not going to go crazy. My kids would go, who is that? (laughs) Because she went crazy when I spilled that. (laughs) Uh, But I don't really do that much anymore. And then um, we also, our home is, the last two things our home is geared for, like, we have enough room for somebody to stay downstairs short term. We've used our home a couple of times like that, where somebody who's maybe, um, one time a girl was needing an in-between before she got married, she needed a place to stay, so we provided that. And then another, there was some other instances where there was just a need and we were, we had that space and we were, that made it available. And then as my parents died when I was in my, well, my mother died when I was in my 40s, I became the hostess for the holidays, which I really wasn't quite ready for that. <laughs> But uh, it fell to me, so my home's open for the holidays for family and if friends come. So couple, two or three ways that it trickles down.
2: My name's Lillian Prince, and uh, so I have been married to Ryan for ni- it'll be 19 years this year, and we've been at cornerstone since about 2000. One, something like that. And we have four kids. Um, they range from 16, so junior in high school, and then a, a freshman in high school, and then we have two littles in elementary school. So we have a, no middle school right now, which is amazing because I was going to three schools, and I have a driver now. So that's incredible. Um, and um, so our season right now, if I could say one word right now. Our season is, we, our home is like a revolving door. We have, you know, our daughter, as of August, we have a driver and she works. So, and then we have sports and stuff. So kids are just in and out with their friends. We have a lot of little neighborhood friends for the little girls. So a lot of little, even tonight, I had a little eight-year-old at the house, and I had to drop her off on the way over here. You know, we just have people in and out, and so in this season right now, it's new. Is just we are for for us is that we're doing a lot of hospitality, like little hospitality, like just drop in neighbors constantly. So I'm always thinking about food to have for those neighbors, um, you know, activities for those friends. Um, invite, able to invite over neighbors really quickly. The other night, I invited our um, newly widowed neighbor. She's in her seventies. I said, "Can you come over and cook with me?" Well, my husband isn't going to be home, and my daughter has a friend over. It's just going to be us and the kids, and she came. And so we just—it wasn't planned. I didn't like ask her or put a date, but it's just we're just doing that. I have the opportunity, so why don't you come along and do it with me? <clears throat> and we're just really busy, and so it we don't always can do like really big planned hospitality and we we do host community group and we have meals together so that is a big we have like 10ish adults and 20ish kids so that's a lot of people <laughs> to feed and it's so fun so we love so we have big hospitality little hospitality we're doing a lot of hospitality um, and so our home is kind of geared towards that and a lot of evangelism hospitalized my husband calls it, where we're just always trying to have non-believers come in our home, even if it's, you know, Brian's coming home from an event from work, I'm bringing someone over, I'm like, okay, kids, this is what's happening. We just, it's like a family thing. We just do it. Um, and then another thing just in this season is just food. Hospitality and food go hand in hand. And food and just like our kids are in and out, and so I'm not always... We don't always eat dinner together. Tonight I left as I was leaving. My husband was coming with my daughter from a field trip. Bye with our neighborhood girl. Food on the crockpot. Love you. You know, it's just so we're just not home all the time. So just having to get creative with how I'm gonna make food for who is there, how am I gonna have healthy food for people to grab. So I'm just constantly thinking about constantly thinking about food <laughs> and looking at recipes and trying new things. So that's kind of the season we're in in terms of building a
3: home, to answer that question. No. Okay. Well, my name is Michelle McKinley, and I'm going to look a little bit different because I own my own home, and uh, my thing that lives with me is my four-year-old, extremely cute Bernie Doodle. <laughs> so, um, so thinking about homemaking, and the primary expression of homemaking for me is hospitality, and whether that's been having people over or um, visiting my neighbor that lives behind me and um, I think I don't know about you Janice but like as your season changes with age your energies wax and wane and I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like and so just navigating that and not being in a hurry and you know learning how to manage that has been something that can be a little bit challenging, but I find God to be very faithful in that. My table, when we were talking about what it looks like for homemaking, is actually, everyone at the table, it came down to what's going on in your heart when you greet people to come in, and um, I think that makes it. It's not about how clean my house is. In fact, when I've had people over, a lot of times it's been, oh my gosh, I'm not done. Can you do this? And you hand them something, but I think when I've had that also done to me that makes me feel like a little bit more part of their family because there's familiarity that they feel comfortable to give you that and it just draws you in and I think that our homes we want to draw people in and and a lot of that's coming as an expression out of us and I think that is God's spirit at work in us.
4: Uh, My name is Sarah Varnell and I'm married to Zach and my, I joined the church with my family about 15 years ago, and then Zach and I have three small children, five, four, and one years old. Um, so when I found out I was expecting my first, I pulled open my, what book had been my mom's favorite when she was a young mom called A Mother's Heart by Jean Fleming and oh you're nodding you've read that so at one part in that book she mentions a time with her daughter she was putting her daughter to bed and her daughter was wanting more hugs and kisses and cuddles and and she responded like well okay God's here with you and mommy's going to go downstairs and her daughter said well I know God's here but I want somebody with skin on and so (laughs) her point was that we kind of put skin on God for our children And I think, you know, whoever the Lord has called us to serve. So I kind of think of my home building as an opportunity to try to do that in the lives of my children in particular and my husband. But um, the greater demand on my time and my mental energy feels like it's towards my children. Um, So what I seek to do by to do that, I try to see um, even those mundane daily tasks of, mothering little ones. feels like it's what takes up most of my time. Um, And if I fight to see those as acts of obedience that I'm doing in faith, so I try to, okay, I've got to do this in faith and trust that the Lord is going to give growth to that. So I think a lot of the verses, neither he nor plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth, And then again, uh, that's 1 Corinthians. And then in Psalms 127, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. So I feel so aware of that. And Zach's main vision for our family is that he just wants us to train our children in a God-centered view of all things, themselves, our family. Um, And so to put skin on God in that sense, I try to teach them that everything we do is going to be in light of who God is and what God says. Um, so even Walt mentioned on Sunday the church being the gymnasium of faith, I guess John Calvin mentioned that on Sunday. Um, and so I see my home as kind of a microcosm of that for my children. Um, so practically, um, one practical, it comes down mostly to talking to Zach, finding out what his priorities are, and, um, and I just have to plan. So if I'm not planning and thinking intentionally, I will just be a slave to the urgent, and so Um, I try to plan and think intentionally to arrange those daily housekeeping tasks that can feel overwhelming to make those little opportunities for me to accomplish that greater goal for my children. So um, one practical, one thing I think I was told to do, I've never done anything original in my life, Um, but I talk to smarter people and I write it down and try to do it. so toys, for example, my kids are very young. Playtime is a huge, it's what they do. They're preschool-aged. So their toys then and their playtime is really important to me. So I have one thing I do. I have like a take-a-break box of toys. So half their toys I stow away for half the year. <clears throat> and then when I recycle them out, it's like Christmas morning. So I feel the fruit of that, the where I've seen it bear fruit, Is that I see a renewed sense of gratitude and excitement for the things that they have. Um, And then I am able to think creatively about, I'm constantly weeding out, okay, what's gonna help spark creativity, love for one another, a desire to learn or read. You know, I'm trying to evaluate the toys that they have. And then when I tell them to clean up the playroom, it's a doable task. And I think it serves them in their obedience to me and therefore their obedience to God. Same thing with Sunday morning, try to do the work on Saturday night so that on Sunday morning, you know, my neighbors don't hear me, where's your left shoe, you know. Um, So just working on the front end to try to make those moments opportunities of joy and growth and fruitfulness for our family instead of what we all, what I always tend toward, which would be just sinful outpourings of my heart. So, anyway, by the Lord's grace, I think it's borne some fruit, but I am not very good at it. So, those are the areas where I feel I'm in the trenches trying to build my home.
0: I'm going to I can't okay. see your faces. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I All right. Um, Sarah so can start, and we'll just oh, go, back, go and back and back. forth. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, All right, the second question is, what hindrances do you face in building or prioritizing your home, and how do you combat them?
4: Myself. So I think, like Janice said, if I'm not doing well in my soul, it's just there's bad fruit in everyone's life. Um, So I've realized in just a very—I just see the implications of it all around me if I'm not delighting myself in the Lord Um, And then my phone is a huge distraction. Um, So we have a lot of house projects going on. Um, So I find myself researching things. And um, so one thing I've learned to do is just keep a notepad beside my phone so that I can write down something. Oh, that's right. I wanted to look up that. I don't know what it is. So I keep a running list and then I set a time during the day where I can sit down and be intentional, see that as work, and not let it invade what I want to be accomplishing uh, during the day. Um, and then just too many commitments. If I get too busy, I, f- I quickly, it's probably my, just my capacity, but I can't do much without feeling like I start to lose grip on, you know, what what's most important in my life. So I'm constantly having to talk to Zach and reevaluate the best use of our time. And usually it means staying home more and going out less. For me, I'm kind of... Week in that way i guess
3: Take that. well i have to second the myself comment <laughs> um but also i've been thinking about it and i think the pandemic actually was a big influence i don't know about you guys but i got comfortable staying home and not seeing a lot of people and you know and it's just me and the dog and he doesn't care what the house looks like as long as he's fed and walked on a regular basis but um so then and i bet i'm being serious about the pandemic aspect we got used to being by ourselves or being with our three bubble people mm-hmm. and um we need to i need to pick my eyes up and look further than that so it's something i'm trying to think about what that looks like uh, i really appreciated the self-control article because that kind of hit me in the gut Um, especially when it comes to the homemaking activities that maybe i don't really want to do i liked what you said i'm like do the first, and, and kind of prioritize, and it's a sacrifice, but it's also, what's the goal? So, those are probably my two biggest ones.
2: Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I would second, third, all of those things. I mean, definitely my, myself, for sure, I, I'm constantly um, going to God and his word, to just asking for wisdom. Lord, in this season, because sometimes it can change within a month's time, um, if there's a new sport involved, you know, there's just things in our family can shift. Um, our evangelism priorities can shift with certain people. So I'm constantly trying to inform myself with God's word so that it's fresh and that I can make sure that I'm doing things not for selfish gain or for myself or that I'm seeing if I'm, you know, I have unmet expectations or whatever. And then alongside that, I'm also... Studying what the world is trying to tell me, if that makes sense, so that you know there there's a lot there's a message being preached about homemaking um, and and so I just try to there's certain people I listen to and things I'm just watching even in the Christian world that I'm just looking to see and, and how does this come up against with God's world, you know with proverbs thirty one and Titus two you know and so get drawn into some trend that would be homemaking that is not the heart of it isn't gospel you know kingdom work because it can be really tricky and so I'm constantly doing that just to inform myself asking God for wisdom I'm someone who if I start a project I get I get lost deep 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 into it so if like you sometimes my husband will get home and say what closet is my wife in? Because I will sometimes open a closet and then I'm just, I could do that for a week, you know? And so because of that, I'm constantly having to realign and adjust myself to God's word. And even with, like, time, like you are saying time, I could start a thing and get lost and forget about it. So I will constantly, 30 minutes doing this, I'm going to stop. It's, it's good. I'm going to call it good. 30 minutes doing this, I'm going to stop. And I just have to, that's like a daily practice. But... um. Just for me, I think just informing myself with God's word and what the world is trying to preach and, and really knowing what that is so when I see it, I'm like, that would be not godly wisdom. That is not truth. And I, I'm not going to follow that trend.
1: So, anyways. Yeah, definitely. I had selfishness, you know, just being selfish. Um, that just comes so naturally to be selfish. And it is a battle. It's just like Walt was talking Sunday about praising, it's a fight to praise. It's a fight not to be selfish in whatever age you're in. It doesn't matter what age you are. So that, and uh, as you get older and you fatigue quicker, more quickly, Um, I mean, love of ease. I just want things to be easy now. At 63, I want relationships to be easy. I want, you know, my housekeeping to be, I just want things to be easy, and that's a huge temptation because most things just aren't, easy and especially most things that are worth anything are not easy so again same thing you all said just combating that with truth and with friends who will speak truth into your life uh, listening to your husband's reaction to some of the things you know he can see and that's helpful and then for um to combat that too the fatigue issue for me Michelle was I, my daughter sucked me into the why, you know, I'm going to class now and it's got me active and working out and walking and it helps my perspective, you know, it's it's making me more well-rounded and giving me more energy for the things that, some of the things you all have shared and the things that, you know, an aging parent, if you're taking care of an aging parent, you need a stress release (laughs) and working out is a stress release, you know as well as the spiritual fortification you get from the time with the Lord. Another obstacle we have, which is, um, there may be some other people, and this may have happened with the pandemic as well, Uh, my husband works from home. He's always worked from home, so um, you know, when I want to entertain or show hospitality, I have to work around that because I can't interrupt his work schedule and I've learned to have, I have to ask for help, you know, too, when we are doing our community group. I'm like, I need some help with whatever, which I used to never do. I just did it. So now I've learned to ask for help and involve him more in that part of the preparation, not just the spiritual part that he would usually do. Um, I need some physical help, and he helps me with that, and we feel more united in that as, as I've gotten older, that's been a part of it.
0: All right, can you share about someone who has been an inspiration to you in this area or who has blessed you through their God-glorifying homemaking?
1: I'll try to be as brief as I can because I do have two. I have my, my mother who, um, she was just the most genuine uh, person as far as uh, very contented in her home, home life and keeping her home and being submissive to her. Everything that, you know, you would say, A woman needs to be like this in her home. That was my mom. It just was who she was. So, you know, by God's mercy, that was modeled to me. I grew up in that. You know, I thought you got up every morning. Now, this part's not in the Bible, but, you know, you make biscuits and gravy, and you fix this and this for breakfast. Till my husband said, I really want cereal. And I'm (laughs) like, thank you, Jesus, because I was so tired. (laughs) So... But I'm, she modeled that, you know. So um, now she wasn't outgoing. She was very much an introvert. So my spiritual mother was um, the leader of the Bible study fellowship that I've been in for like 20 years, and she became my mentor. And I was just telling my table, she just recently passed away. And she had she had that balance of outside ministry as well as setting very good boundaries to care for her family and so I got to see that and that was witness to me later in life and I, I, I needed to learn to do that you know and not immerse myself in the bible study and y'all are on your own you know because I'm busy here studying God's word so um, but they both were I put just put beside where I wrote this down they were just selfless people you know which is what we were just talking about combating, but they were, and I, I you know, it was very obvious.
2: Well, I, I had a hard time thinking of one person, because I do feel like I personally love to go to women's homes, because I love to see the the heart of God, and everyone is displayed. It's not about how you decorate and rearrange your furniture, but you can see um gospel and when you go to a Christian woman's home so I just love to be and just feel and smell and um, but there is one particular example that comes to mind and it was a actually young lady she was in our community group she's just recently moved to go back home Um, she's in her 20s um, and she lived in what she called a studio and she was just at group saying I just need some help I want to make it a place where people can come and I was like I'll come you know I'll come over and look around and give you some tips, and, I, and it was above her, uh, she was renting it from kind of a homeowner, it was like in their, above their garage, or storage unit, and I don't think you would, it, I, it was not, it's not a studio, I don't know, <laughs> but you walked in, and it, you would almost walk into the bathroom sink, and it was kind of an L shape, I don't even know what square footage, but you could maybe take five steps and you hit her bed one way, and three steps and hit the kitchen one way. And and she was really wanting, like, what do you have any tips? Like, I want to make this warm. Should I paint? Should I – I want to be able to put two chairs in here at least so someone could sit. And I thought, "Um, can you even put your yoga mat down here? She was like, yes, I can. My yoga mat just fits perfectly. I mean, (laughs) that's how small it was. But her heart was so compelling. I mean, she really wanted – she did not own this place. She does not need to paint – She does not need to do anything, but she really wanted ownership of it. She really wanted people to come in and feel loved. She had this tiny table that was like a little, I don't even know if you call it a bistro table. It was enough for like two smaller chairs and those chairs to sit across, and it was glass, so it made a lot loud noise. So I suggested just put a runner, because the tablecloth would be too big, put a runner over it, and it would, you know, warm it up, and she did that. And I left there just thinking, okay, if I was her age and I lived in this place, I would say... I'm just gonna wait. I, I have no, no one I'm dating. I'm not, I, I am too embarrassed to bring anyone over. I don't own this place. I'm not gonna be here forever. Like, what's the point? Like, I'll just wait. And I think as a, for me, as a young wife, I thought that a lot. I'll just wait until we're out of this apartment. I'll just wait until I have a, until I hang curtains to have someone over. You know, I really, literally thought that. And so just leaving, just seeing that example, just think, wow, like her heart was really expressed and just, she wasn't going to let anything stop her. She wanted to really love people and have them in her home. And I thought that was really compelling. And I just thought, I want to be like that, you know. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, I think back to the Nancy Walgamuth article that we just read, and I really appreciated the end of it where she said how she had been into so many different ladies' homes that had been open to her and she had shared her heart. And I look around this room and I've been here a long time and there's a whole salting of ladies who I've been into your homes before and shared my heart. Some of you over here, some of you over there. And uh, all of you welcomed me in and cared for me well. And that is the art of making a home. Um, Now on some of the more practical things, I walk life with two ladies who do that very well. And um, I learned so much just by watching them and seeing how they manage. I've seen them get married, I've seen them move houses, I've seen them organize, and I'm not like that. But I can watch them and learn so much. And I don't even, sometimes I've asked them questions, and then sometimes I've just observed and taken those thoughts in and like, okay, I can do this a little bit. It'll look like my way of doing it, but anyway. So yeah, a lot of people.
4: So for me, my mom is a big one. Um, Growing up, it was just very evident that she um, was just filled with joy to be a mother. So I felt like, as a little child, I delighted my mom. And I I just think that was a tremendous gift to my siblings and I. And I think that spilled over into our friends, our school friends and our neighbors. Everyone wanted to be in Margie Priestley's home, you know, all of our friends. Fulton High School wrestling team. It was like she was God's gift of Subway sandwiches to all those boys. You know, she just, um, whoever was in her home, she was just going to be loving. And so as a child, I just think she made our home just so fun and also gospel saturated in a way that um, was just such a tremendous gift. Um, And then she still, tirelessly serves us. She's watching my kids now. She spent the last two nights at my sister's house helping her care for her children. Um, And then the other example is getting to watch Sherry Kittrell uh, serve her children and grandchildren. And literally, I live behind her, and I watch her just looks like wearing herself out, caring for these grandkids. But I see her thinking and planning so intentionally um, about how to care for her kids and grandkids in in a season in which In my mind, I'm like, man, once these kids are out of the house, I'm just going to sleep for 30 years. And so I feel like Sherry and my mom really give me a beautiful vision of what it looks like to persevere in faith and
0: good works. last Last question is, what has given you joy over the years or currently as you've sought to make your home a blessing to others? Um, I think seeing really even teensy glimpses
4: of growth and fruit just builds my faith so much um, because it means God's at work. And if God's at work, then this could really be be good, you know. Um, So I I think looking out for those things and uh, this is probably circular, but fighting for joy really builds my joy. So um, just Being on a hunt for it during the day, uh, trying to search for grace in my children and in my husband and in myself, preaching the gospel to myself, asking my friends and my husband to preach the gospel to me when I forget it,
3: Um, I think that's what builds my joy in my days. So I think um, for myself it's more looking back at hospitality that I've had opportunity to participate in or to lead there was a small season where I was having like all the girls in our community group over for dinner before we would go to go to care group and we did that for two or three years and it was crazy at one point there were 15 girls wrapped around my table and we were like can we fit more in sure Uh, but it was a really sweet season and I know it served those ladies Um, I think I think it was just a sweet season that they will look back on and they got to know each other well. So I really appreciated and enjoyed that. And now I think I'm transitioning more to like smaller groups and just that time around the dinner table when you just, everything's done. The kitchen's the dishes aren't done, but like you're finished eating, you're just catching up. Just that aspect of back and forth conversation, hearing how people are and you can ask real questions and people are relaxed and they can, they're, they're ready to just talk and share their lives. I feel like that, that's homemaking and hospitality at its best. Yeah,
2: awesome. um, I think right now I'm finding joy in figuring out what serves my people in my home right now, which out of four kids, they are all very different. You would think that they are alike and they are not. But just asking the Lord, how can I serve this, my one boy, you know, which food he does not want to sit and talk with me. I'd be like, What's up? How is school? And he just wants if I make food. He's like, Thank you, Mama, and gives me a kiss. And I'm like, that that did it. You know, and then you know, my girls just want to talk. You know, and so and so just that brings me a lot of joy, just honing in on those people. And then I think also just when we do hospitality, whether big or small, that like I just love seeing people happy. I'm like, this is, makes me so happy. You know, even if it's like a mess. You know, usually when we have community group, I don't clean up right away. It Usually takes a couple of days to clean up because we just get right back into life Monday morning. I have this eight foot table. I pull out and put brown paper on for the kids to sit, and it usually sits there for a couple of days because <laughs> I'm like literally like, that's not urgent got to get school lunches, you know, we just leave it. And so, but it makes me so happy when I see all the little kids that drew on the little paper and, like, sweeping up the mess, and there's mess, and that makes me happy to know, like, even though this is a mess, and it's going to take me a week to clean it up, like, people had fellowship, and they enjoyed being here. Even our neighborhood kids eating all my food and making messes. It just makes me happy um,
1: that they were there and enjoyed themselves, so. Well, I had down... um I'm just going to read what I put down here because I put people acting comfortable, feeling at home in my home, putting their feet up, you know, on the furniture and just being, you know, making themselves at home and coming in the kitchen and serving themselves and not feeling like I'm hosting them. And it's real stiff and formal. But as I was thinking about answering that and listening to you all, especially you, I realized for me the reason I feel that way is because I'm not uptight like I used to be, and thought, think everything has to be perfect to have these people over, and community group kind of broke me of that, <laughs> as well as, you know, <laughs> sanctification. The Lord is just changing me, moving me away from perfectionism, and and just, it's okay. It's okay if it's not all in order. It's okay if it didn't get dusted, and yet, you know, one of the oldest gentlemen in our community group, he flips my lazy boy up and puts his feet up and he's ready to talk about the Bible. So I'm like, it's all good, you know? He doesn't care that it's dusty or anything else. So, But the fact that they feel that way is not because it's great that they feel that way. It's because the Lord has changed me from being a a homemaker ogre, I guess, because that's probably what I, I was most of my age group here, was more of an ogre about my house and I'm not that way anymore. I still like order, but the, the things don't, I don't sweat the things like I used to sweat. And I think that's a good way to, to have people in your home when they feel it, they know it.